Hey, Adam. What's up, Pete? Do you like Ghirardelli minis? I love them, but you know I can't eat those, right? Not keto-friendly? No. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. The worst. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Uh, daily jazz advice <laughs> coming at you. The worst what? I'm sorry. The worst. <laughs> and this guy. This is so little, though. Would this really put, this would push you over the edge? You know it will. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what ketosis, I, I don't, I, I keep thinking it's going to be something growing on the side of your head, ketosis. I mean, I'm a grown man and I can handle it, but it's not nice. You're not as what grown you're doing. as you used to be, that's for sure. <laughs> Today's episode of the You'll Hear Podcast is sponsored by the Oxford American. The Oxford American is a magazine dedicated to documenting the complexity and vitality of the American South. Its award-winning annual music issue comes with a CD sampler and digital download. It's a must-have for any serious music fan. Recent issues have featured Thelonious Monk, John Coltrane, Nina Simone, and John Cage. Visit OxfordAmerican.org slash YHI. Today, that's OxfordAmerican.org slash Y-H-I. And I just want to point out, you said uh, it comes with a CD sampler, right? Yep, yep, yep. Just to let people know, because it's not like you were saying a CD sampler. Like it was a something oh, of like ill a... repute. It's not. It's a CD, as in compact disc, for you youngins out there that don't know what that is. You ever spend any time in rural Minnesota? Minnesota. I yes. No, I haven't. Was... I haven't. I mean, I've, I've, no. You know what they call CDs is up there? Is St. Paul considered rural? Like as opposed to Minneapolis? No, not no, at all. Okay. No. Do they call C- CDs up there? What? CDs. CDs. CD. Aren't there parts of West County, St. Louis that speak in a it's similar? It's very similar, <laughs> actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. What do we got today? Well, we're feeling good because it's Thursday. Did you know that? I did know Hump that. Day Hump Day is behind us. There you oh. go. Change it up on you. We have, a, uh, we have a question here that came in via email from a, a user in Massachusetts named Gene. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry. Man, <sighs> my is, my Gerald Deli. Big shout out to the Gerardelli uh, Chocolate Factory Company. Keep on churning out in San Francisco. Um, these are tight. Stay calm. But dude, these are tight. Stay I'm strong. <laughs> They're so little though. Okay. <laughs> Vegan friendly. Um, uh, uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, this was he, he called this hybrid chords, but what I really think that Gene is talking about is slash chords. It's something mm-hmm. we touched on a little bit last week, but he yeah. says, "Hey, Peter and Adam, I love the podcast, and you guys keep it real for real. That's the truth." Mm. Hundred percent. I have a question specifically on how to voice hybrid chords when it comes to soloing and what left hand voicing to play. Mm-hmm. Should voicing include the bass note and or tension notes? In other words, should a C over F left hand voicing use only notes of the triad plus the bass note, or can the voicing add tensions? Is that not the practice? Chord scale to use. Uh, that's a question. Chord scale to use uh, from for C over F. Maybe one voicing could be more clustery from the bottom up. E F G C. Or F, G, C, E. Yes, that's one for sure. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Using hybrid voicings, which I think he means slash voicings yeah. is what we call them here. Sorry, I was kind of another place. Uh, it was like Calgon, take me away with that uh, chocolate. I wasn't listening. Can you repeat the question, please? No, I'm just kidding. So anyway, Gene, I uh, <laughs> I'm going to just ignore Peter for I'm the gonna rest of the I'm going to answer all these questions. He actually asked us something. I was yes, yes, no, yes, no. All right, you'll there hear it. There go. <laughs> No, I mean, this is, we talked about slash chords the other day, yeah. but we actually didn't address for pianists how to voice them in one hand, Yeah, which is tricky. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's not tricky, but uh, there's several ways you could approach it. But I'm wondering if if he, if Gene and perhaps other folks, not just Gene in Watertown, um, big shout out to New England and the the Massachusetts uh, area, but if if perhaps some folks are actually looking at what they're calling hybrid chords as different as what we think about as slash chords. Well, he specifically says C over F. So I, I know, but that doesn't mean he's not thinking C triad over F triad. No? No, I think he means, uh, the way he's describing them to okay. me seems like the voicings he proposes, like F, G, C, E. Yeah. As a voicing, that is C over F. Right. You know, which I think that's what he means when, so I think ah, he's really it. talking about slash chords here. From bottom, all right, from bottom to top. Bottom Sorry, to top. Okay. And even the other one, which is E, F, G, C, in like a closed position, that's yeah. a C triad with an F in yeah. it. So I think he's actually on to something there. Like that F, G, C, E, that's something I would play if yeah. I saw C over F. Yep. Um, you want to you put on the cans? Should I put on the cans? Should, should we hit a little so. key station action? Let's hit the keys. Oh, man, I, I can't wait to hit the key station. Kidding me? That kind of? Yeah. Yeah. So this is F over, wait, what's the chord? F over E? No, C over C over F. C over F. So the voicing he had, and he wants just left-hand voicings if he's yeah. soloing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So F, G, C, E. That's a nice one. It's a yeah. really nice one. Um, so, yeah. you know, we've been preaching the church of root position voicings for a while, even yeah. in left-hand voicings when you're comping for yourself. And I think there's no better opportunity to do that than in these kind of slash chord situations because the real sound of the chord, more than even, uh, I think, like a C minor 7, is that tension of the triad over the root. Yeah. You know, Actually, this might be more applicable to... Would you consider that a root position? Yes. Or you just mean that the root is on the bottom? I mean the root is on the bottom. But that C is like second inversion. It's not root position. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the triad. I, I just mean having the slash, having the bass note on the bottom. Yeah. And then some inversion of the triad above it is yeah. the way I would... It's probably the way I default. Yeah, yeah. And that's really kind of your only option if you... I mean, you could do that. Unless you can that's reach. That's actually not bad. That's good. This is ninth. Um, but I think that, you know, this is a voicing that I use a lot. D minor 11. Yeah. So that's something that definitely feels good, sounds good. I'm kind of like, you know, in there in, in a you know, number of different keys. But let's say there's another common one like C over B flat. Yeah. You know, how if you were if you were to voice that comping for yourself in your left hand. Well, you know, for that, if it, it depends really stylistically. If it's kind of like a swinging thing uh -huh. and you get to a C over B flat, um, you kind of know that the bass player is going to be doing a lot of B flats and C's basically. Yeah. Not because they don't know that, but they may not be outlining all that, you know, almost well, going. It's usually in context of going somewhere, too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like someone, like maybe that or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so for me, on those, I actually shift to go a little bit off reservation and start thinking kind of G minor 7-ish. Like those kind of things. I know that's not officially that, but they're things that can shift back and forth between that C and B flat. Because for me, like that is not... That's two root position dominant sevens. Got it. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? No, that's true. You have more options. Yeah. I would do that too. You know what else? I might even go up and like sub out instead of the E, have that F. So it's like B flat C, F, G, which is similar kind of sound with that major second, except it's on the top now. So often too, these slash chords appear in pedal point situations, mm -hmm. in which case if there's a bass player, that's usually their job to hang that pedal. Yeah. And then it's our job to kind of do those inner voicings. So like, let's say you have an F pedal and you, you know, you're going between like... Uh, e flat, D, D flat, you know, yeah. which is something that could happen. 
I'm not really hanging on the F at all. Right. You know, I'm, I'm hitting those triads. Yep. So in that case, my whole, what I just started this whole podcast with is total BS. Well, no, but it's, it's, but it's different. You're, you're reacting off what the bass player is either doing. It's different it, it, con- contextually. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. what the groove is too and That's what the so style true. is. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with a, a triad when you're, when, you're, when you're busting out an Elton John tune. Yeah. You know, I and mean, that, that's what it calls for. But if the bass player goes down... You know, to a pedal point kind of thing, and it's a little bit groovy. That triad might be okay, but depending on like if you're right hand, you want to start doing some triady stuff that might be nice. You might want something a little bit more. Like one thing I might do is go to like a C two. If I'm real triady there, but I'm hearing that almost like if you were playing it, accompanying someone. Yeah. Whatever you, the same thing you'd play in the in the left hand, but it's not there because the bass player is playing it. I mean, this on this thing it sounds corny. Everything sounds corny. Everything sounds maybe corny. it is corny. I don't know. There's a there's a general rule though in orchestration about voicing chords that if the if the bass note if it's a slash chord, let's say it's a C over E, mm-hmm. that you you wouldn't play any other if it's a third if the third is the the bass note. Yeah, you wouldn't play a third on top of that third. Does that make sense? So if yeah. if it's C over E, I'm definitely playing a C two. No yeah. third in my voicing if I if I think the bass player has it. Right. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. I'm really not I'm trying not to hang on that E because that E is so strong. Like play yeah. play a C two play a C triad, just straight C triad over E. And put put an E in the bass. Yeah, exactly. It's fine, but with the two it's stronger. Right, exactly. We kind of default to that. And that's maybe even why I'm I've started kind of hearing that same thing on over. The, well it works on sevenths as well too, yeah. I think, a little bit. But in, I know in classical orchestration, like, you're really not supposed to put... I'm not supposed to. You know, there's no rules or whatever. Well, you're not supposed to play C over B flat in classical. Come on now, but No, but in general, like, if the third is on the bottom of a chord, you yeah. don't do it above that octave. Right. You know, you keep it low. Yeah. And also with different instruments. So it's always, a, and you talk about context of or orchestration, when you're, say, writing for woodwinds or something... Um, we, we think about it as, like, this monolithic thing, like a saxophone section, which is even different. But... With woodwinds and stuff, they can be really effective because you might have the piccolo or flute on top and then clarinet, oboe, English horn and stuff. And it's very easy as pianists to think, okay, we're going to put these voicings. But those instruments sound different. They are different. And some of these things that we can stack up in a way on the piano don't work in that kind of situation. I would say that if you go rootless for this, if there's a bass player and they have it, don't feel like you have to include that bass note in your triad. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and but if you're going to go rootless, make sure you're at a certain beaches in France where it's allowed. Okay. And generally in the okay. U.S., it's not allowed to go rootless. Okay, there we go. There we go. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Gene, for the question. It's a good question. And it is. It's, uh, it's. I'm glad we talked about well, it. Well, I think it speaks to kind of a little bit of a what could be perceived certainly as a problematic thing because it's hard to find things that sound good in these situations. Um, but it's almost like a half diminished, you know, we kind of struggle with that and different good voicings, but once I'm cool. Oh, you're cool. Okay. Right. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, the, yeah, the, yeah, the Royal, no. we, <laughs> these are not, these are not the universe. Like it's not the, um, the easiest of situations. Yeah. 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 I mean like a, like a minor seven, a rootless or rooted voice. Like we can just lay out like eight, 10 different standard ways of playing and then some cool ways on top of that, but just some standard ways that sound good, you know? Yeah. Whereas with these, it, 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 you do have a, you have to be a little bit more inventive and also move things around because you're going to, as you mentioned earlier, often encounter these in pedal point situations. That's a great opportunity. Like if stylistically you don't want to be sitting triad, but the bay players kind of go in there. Triads can always shift around to give them a little bit of amb- ambiguity and tension and stuff. You know? 
Yeah. I mean, any any there. shape where you keep that shape, it can be moved around yeah. in that same shape. And because the structure of the shape stays the same as you move it around, there's some kind of of consonance to it, even yeah. though it's dissonant. Triads Absolutely. are the most obvious example, but you can do that in fourths. You can do that yeah. with whatever cluster you feel like. Yeah, but yeah. because they are so obvious in triads, and a slash chord often is including that triad, you know, it is a triad on top of it most most of the time, right? Yeah. Then take we can turn a negative into a not a negative, but just something that's playing into a positive, in that we can shift it around more than we can other more complicated structures because everybody's just focused in it and can hear that triad. Yeah. You know? So use that to our advantage and get inventive. <laughs> You know, it was a game changer for me for solo piano playing was in, like starting to really incorporate slash chords in my improvising and my voicings. In other words, like not everything has to be have the root on the bottom, but yeah. using like like getting familiar with the third on the bottom, the fifth on the bottom, especially for like dominant chords. Yeah, it really can help with voice leading and help create interesting bass lines so that you're not just reliant on the root. You know, you're th like especially if you're doing things not in a walking feel or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, working on two fives in slash chord situations, the seventh on the bottom, yep. you know, like all that kind of stuff is very helpful. Now, that was a game changer for you. Did you incorporate that into your St. Louis Cardinals hit from last year entitled Game Changer? I did. Those was, voicings? I did actually. Do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a, a game couple of changer. moments. Nice. Google it. Google it. All right, uh, a reminder, too, for our listeners that for a limited time, you'll hear listeners can subscribe to the Oxford American for only 20. Oxford American. Yes. Oxford I shouldn't American. flub the sponsor's name. No. Uh, for only 25 bucks, visit OxfordAmerican.org forward slash YHI to subscribe today. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, I think we have some ratings and reviews. I've been derelict all week, and we are coming. I'm feeling a little bit of pressure. We have a subset of, of listeners who actually love listening to you read ratings and reviews. And really? we have a larger section that hate it and are turning their... their are you serious? Wait, I don't know about this. Yeah, man. This, are we are we gonna name names? We're not. Well, we know some people personally who say. <laughs> oh yeah, well that that guy we know, <laughs> he, he's our friend. Okay. Um, First of all, we we have to, we haven't said this in a while, but yeah. we do ask when you leave us a rating and review, yeah, that you do give us seven stars. We do. We remind you that it's impossible on all forms of rating and reviews. I'm not gonna. I'm not willing to accept that. You know, I'm not. A, I'm an optimistic guy. But you can write in seven stars, and that's what we ask at least because five stars isn't enough. That's right. We have our list of seven. Seven yeah. steps to heaven. We're we're bringing the we're bringing the fire. We're bringing seven stars. We're not bringing eight. So we're not asking for eight. We're bringing we're we're asking for what we feel we're delivering in terms C of C major seven over G, baby. That's what we're talking That's about. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So this is from um, Soiree Fiasco from France. That's a great name. Soiree Fiasco, um, and uh, the five stars. I, but, you know, stuck into the, you know, France is more restrictive on their rating systems, apparently. That's okay. We, we love okay. you. Okay. All right. C'est la vie. And uh, comment allez-vous, mon frère? Okay. Uh, amazing podcast. That's my morning routine. Coffee with You'll Hear It. I kind of like that. Coffee with You'll Hear It. Uh, sorry, but the fact that this is about 20 minutes makes me finishing the podcast almost every time in the toilet area. But don't worry. <laughs> this is a very important part of my routine. Keep going. I forgot to say there was some potty language oh literally in this but i didn't write it so uh take, I mean, take that for what you will that's got to be a given though we're doing a podcast it's going to be listened to on play on in in environments that we're probably yeah, are yeah. thinking of but this is the thing 20 minutes i don't think that that's do we ever hit 20 minutes andrew oh he says yes okay he says okay so i was gonna say i didn't think but you know sometimes when you're in the bathroom it's like time stands still you know <laughs> Uh, so I think that's enough for, for this week, right? 
Is it, we only oh, have no. that one? Are you serious? No, we have some other ones. All right. Okay, here's okay. You, I'll give you another one. Um, and then tomorrow I got a special surprise at the end. We're not going to do ratings review something else, but you got to tune in tomorrow. Right. Um, amazing smiley face. Uh, it is definitely the greatest podcast for piano players and from another top pro pianist and definitely for all levels but all the others can find tons of useful and great advices about how to when what exactly and why respect from rd drama mario from ukraine and i've read that one before sorry about that uh, that was such a good one man i love it it's all good i wonder why people hate this part <laughs> i want to hear about that in a second but till tomorrow you'll hear it all right, and don't forget to send in your tunes. If you want to hear your tune uh, on a You'll Hear It episode, you can send that to Andrew at OpenStudioNetwork.com. Today's tune is from Octavi Coronado, and it's Octavi's version of On the Sunny Side of the Street. That I'm not afraid This rover goes over If I ever have a scent I'll be riches working fellow We're going to sell my feet on the sunny On the sunny On the sunny